Laudato Jesus Christus, Vatican and World News. In the headlines this Friday, February 23rd, in Gaza, more than 100 Palestinians killed in 24 hours. Pope Francis expresses closeness to families and victims of deadly Valencia fire. And we hear from the head of the Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church as the war marks its second year since the full-scale Russian invasion. In the Vatican, I'm Deborah Castellano-Lubov. Turning to Gaza, more than 100 Palestinians were killed in the past 24 hours as the humanitarian crisis continues. The overall Palestinian death toll since the start of the war has risen to more than 29,500, with close to 70,000 people wounded, according to Gaza health officials. With the death toll amounting to close to 1.3 percent of Gaza's population of 2.3 million. The Israeli prime minister has revealed his post-war strategy for Gaza, the first time since the Israel-Hamas conflict erupted in October of last year. Nathan Morley reports. Speaking at a summit in Rio de Janeiro, where foreign ministers of the G20 Group of Developed Nations met this week, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken urged support for the initiative. We need to do more to help the Haitian National Police stabilize the security situation now so that aid can actually flow in effectively and get to people who need it, he said, so that Haitians don't have to live in terror of gangs, and so that Haiti returns fully and strongly to a democratic path. During the meeting, a statement was released saying Canada, Benin, France and Jamaica have announced financial, personal and in-kind commitments to the mission. Another 120 million US dollars were committed by other countries during the summit. The UN Secretary Council authorized the mission in October, a year after the Caribbean country where nearly 5,000 people were killed by gang violence last year asked for help to fight the violent gangs that have largely overrun its capital, Port-au-Prince. Pope Francis has expressed concern for the dramatic situation of poverty and injustice in the Caribbean nation. In January, he appealed for prayers and asked for the release of missionary nuns who were abducted by criminals in broad daylight in the centre of Port-au-Prince. And at the beginning of February, he personally telephoned French missionary sister Paisy, who spares no effort to help the street children in the capital with her Kizito family, which looks after some 2,500 children in the slums. Just this week, Bishop Dumas of the Haitian Bishops' Conference, a tireless voice in denouncing the violence in the nation, was injured in an explosion. I'm Linda Bordoni. We actually just heard the report from Linda Bordoni where she spoke about Canada, Benin, France and Jamaica having offered their support to a UN-backed international security force aimed at tackling rampant gang violence in Haiti. And now let's hear that report from Nathan Marley. In short, the plan calls for tightening Israel's security grip on Gaza. Benjamin Netanyahu, the Israeli Prime Minister, said the strategy involves a continuous military presence in the Palestinian enclave and the replacement of Hamas. The document, which was presented to members of his security team, sketches principles regarding the management of the Gaza Strip when the war ends. As far as possible, the civil administration and public order duties will fall to locals with administrative experience. 
The reconstruction of the enclave, which has been battered by months of airstrikes, would commence only after the demilitarization and the so-called de-radicalization of the area. Under the suggested plan, Israel would maintain operational freedom of military actions throughout the Gaza Strip, without time constraints, to, as quoted, prevent the resurgence of hostilities from the Palestinian enclave. Furthermore, a security buffer zone inaccessible to Palestinians would be established on Gaza territory, according to the plan. Israeli media have been reporting that Israeli forces have already begun demolishing buildings, greenhouses and agricultural fields in the north of the Strip to clear the ground for the creation of this zone. In other developments, Israel's war cabinet has agreed to send a delegation for Gaza ceasefire talks in Paris as international negotiators restart efforts to secure a deal between Israel and Hamas. Reports suggest the head of Mossad intelligence agency, David Barnier, will lead the Israeli delegation. The talks will be attended by the Qatari prime minister and the director of the CIA. Washington's Middle East coordinator, Brett McGurk, has been in Israel for discussions with senior officials to negotiate the release of captives held in Gaza and to secure a break in the ongoing fighting. For Vatican Radio, this is Nathan Morley reporting. Turning to the war in Ukraine, as Ukraine marks the second anniversary of the full-scale war waged by Russia against the country on the 24th of February 2022, the head of the Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church, Major Archbishop Sviatoslav Shevchuk, has urged Catholics in Europe and around the world not to forget and abandon the Ukrainian people to their suffering. His plea came in a wide-ranging interview with Vatican Media, in which he spoke about the longing for peace of the Ukrainian people and of the Church's efforts to offer material and pastoral support to them and expressed his gratitude for the solidarity offered thus far. Lisa Zingarini reports. Speaking to Vatican News, Vitlana Dukovic, the head of the Greek Catholic Church in Ukraine, warned once again that Russia's war of aggression is not just a Ukrainian war, but a direct threat to the entire Europe and to world peace. This war will eventually affect everyone, he said, not just the soldiers on the front lines and their families, but also everyone who lives near or far from the borders of Ukraine. In the interview, Archbishop Shevchuk described the suffering of the Ukrainian people and their longing for peace, highlighting the importance of faith and prayer to keep hope alive amid so much death and destruction. The Archbishop Major of Kiev, Halic, explained that in the face of this tragedy, the church in Ukraine has developed a new type of pastoral care for those suffering. This pastoral care of mourning, as he called it, is a pastoral care of hope because, he said, our Christian faith calls us to bring hope of resurrection in the midst of people grieving their losses. Archbishop Shevchuk further explained that the Greek Catholic Church's priority in this moment are the Ukrainian families and children who are paying the heaviest toll in the war. Millions of families have been disrupted either by death, serious injuries, displacement and forced separation, including that of thousands of Ukrainian children deported to Russia. Furthermore, the conflict has caused a rise in divorces and drastic decline in births. All this poses new difficult pastoral challenges to the church, said Archbishop Shevchuk, who concluded with an impassionate plea for international solidarity. Do not forget Ukraine, he said. Do not abandon us in our grieving and pain. I am Lisa Zengarini. 
Also today, Pope Francis has said he is closely following the news of the terrible fire in an apartment building in Valencia's Campanar suburb in eastern Spain and has assured all those affected of his spiritual closeness and prayers. He did so in a telegram on Friday signed on his behalf by Cardinal Secretary of State Pietro Paralin, addressed to the Archbishop of Valencia. Four people have been confirmed dead, and 14 others are still missing following the fire that broke out at the 14-story residential complex on Thursday. Fifteen people were treated for injuries, and five remained in city hospitals on Friday, including four firefighters. All were said to be stable. Authorities also have announced three days of mourning. In his message, the Pope said that while commending the souls of the deceased to divine mercy, he assured the people of Valencia and all the family of the all the families of the, those affected of his spiritual closeness and prayed to the Lord to give them strength in this moment of pain. He also said he prays for the sustainment of the firefighters and those involved in the search and rescue operations. With these sentiments, the telegram concluded, the Pope invoked the intercession of the patron of Valencia, Nuestra Señora de los Desamparados, and of Spanish patron St. Joseph, as he imparted his apostolic blessing as a pledge of hope in the risen Christ. Also in other news, Boston College and church institutions across Latin America have teamed up to launch a free online course entitled Toward a Constitutive constitutively synodal church. The Corps seeks to train pastoral workers, religious men and women, and bishops in light of the Synod on Synodality. Devin Watkins has more. The third edition of a free online course entitled Toward a Constitutively Synodal Church begins on March 2nd. Several Latin American members of the Theological Commission of the General Secretariat of the Synod join forces with the Ibero-American Theology Group to host the course. Several other church entities are promoting the initiative, including the Latin American Episcopal Council and the Latin American Confederation of Religious Men and Women. According to the organizers, this is the third intercontinental mock or massive open online course. All videos will be offered virtually for free to participants from all over the world during the month of March 2024, they say. We use a totally online and asynchronous format. Lectures are pre-recorded and are available at any time during the month of March in English, Spanish, Portuguese, French, Italian, Polish, and German. The course seeks to promote synodality by creating alliances with various church organizations and is open to all of the church's pastoral workers and anyone interested in the ongoing synod. The program uses a digital platform created by the Department of Continuing Education of the Boston College School of Theology and Ministry. Organizers say the two previous editions of the training course have already offered formation to around 100,000 pastoral agents, religious men and women, bishops, laypeople, and priests from different countries. I'm Devin Watkins. Cardinal Raniero Cantalamesa, the preacher of the papal household, has delivered his first Lenten homily to the Roman Curia. In his sermon, the cardinal meditated on Jesus' phrase, I am the bread of life. Joseph Tullock reports. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never hunger, and whoever believes in me will never thirst. In his first sermon for Lent this year, Cardinal Raniero Cantalamessa meditated on these words of Jesus from the Gospel of John. The Cardinal, a Franciscan friar, delivered his homily earlier today to the papal household, and although he normally attends Cantalamessa's homilies, Pope Francis, who is currently taking his Lenten retreat, was not present today. 
Where, Cardinal Cantalamessa asked, can we find this bread of life? The Italian friar identified two sources, the Eucharist and Holy Scripture. In ancient times, he said, the Church recognised Jesus' presence in both the sacrament and the Word. It was only later in the West that Christians became divided. On the Catholic side, too much emphasis was placed on the Eucharist, and Luther, in reaction, placed too much emphasis on the Word. What is needed, therefore, Cardinal Cantalamessa suggested, is return to the original synthesis between Word and sacrament. This, he said, might be facilitated by the ecumenical climate that has flourished in recent decades. The Cardinal also noted that although scripture and sacrament are sometimes held in contrast in theology, they have always coexisted peacefully in the liturgy, since the very early days of the Church the Mass has included both the Word and the Eucharist. We must, however, Cardinal Cantalamessa said, ask ourselves a simple question. How did he, Jesus, become the bread of life for us? The answer, the Cardinal said, is found in Jesus' words later on in the book of John. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. Thus, he explained, it is not enough to receive the bread of life, but we must also allow ourselves to be transformed by it. This means accepting suffering, embracing it as a means of sanctification and not of hardening of the heart, hatred and complaint. Colonel Cantalamessa then went on to offer a concrete example of a way we might live this attitude out. If we accept being contradicted and give up justifying ourselves and always wanting to be right, he said, we will become sanctified in that our self-love and pride diminish. I'm Joseph Tollock. And that brings us to the end of this edition of Vatican and World News. For more on these and other stories, please visit our webpage at www.vaticannews.va. And you can also catch the latest updates on our Facebook, X, and Instagram pages. Many thanks to our sound engineer, Gabriele Di Domenico, in the studio. In the Vatican, I'm Deborah Castellano-Lubov.